Hi there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm your host, Esther Clare, spreading awareness with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. This episode is a little different to the previous episodes that I've aired. It fits well with where I'm at. I'm actually not in Western Australia. I'm traveling um, over in Queensland, the Sunshine Coast, in a quaint little town called Noosa. It is definitely the place to go if you like to surf, if you like to travel the coast. I've really enjoyed the hiking trails here. There's a lot of national parks. So if you're into hiking, come to Noosa. It's just an amazing place lots of restaurants not a lot of bars it's not really a nightlife kind of joint but you know if you're into food good food and uh, just chilling out chilling out by the beach got lots of people just chilling surprisingly it's Queensland has actually has amazing weather I was a little hesitant about the weather I kind of thought it would be muggy but there's this humidity that I really enjoy about it. So it's definitely got that rainforest feeling to it as well. A lot of the national parks around here has a bit of a rainforest feel to it. So it's just been a blast being here. And uh, the wildlife is amazing. You're seeing echidnas just walking around. The bats, the bats, kid you not, they come out in packs. They just in massive swarms, it hits six o'clock, sun's gone down, you know, you've got the orange purple sky and they all just come flocking out of nowhere and just it's it's actually kind of amazing. And I've also got a posse of possums just hanging out on my roof. I kid you not, those guys are having a party up there. I don't I have no idea what they're squabbling about what music they're dancing to, what conversations are going on. But those guys are just out of this world. It's pretty cool. You can see the possums jumping from the trees too. I really dig it. I can imagine the snake craziness that they would have when it gets really hot around this place because, man, there is a lot of nature just roaming free in this area and it's uh, panoramic. And what else do they have here? Great marketplaces, guys. Anyway, um, I just thought I would share that because this episode, I do talk to a guest who is a traveler. Not only is she a traveler, she is also someone that has followed her passion of writing. And as you may be aware, I'm hugely into writing. And she's just accomplished so much in her life that I've just found her her whole world so extraordinary that I had to interview her. We share stories and uh, have a good laugh. I also want to give a happy birthday <laughs> to Narelle.
Happy birthday, Narelle. It sounds like a terrible, terrible karaoke night. <laughs> Happy birthday. Jeez, that brings back memories. If you're not listening, that's <laughs> a disappointment. But anyway, <laughs> happy birthday somewhere out there, sending good vibes, vibrations. Hope it reaches you all the best. And now I'm going to play the episode that I have with Romana. I have to say, if, if you are bilingual, if you can speak another language, you are amazing. Hats off to you. You are awesome. And I will now play that conversation and I hope you enjoy it. I'm super psyched to speak with my next guest. Her name is Romana Hausenor. She connects with me all the way from the stunning mountainous country, the land of the Alps, and home to Sigmund Freud, Red Bull, Winsel Schnitzel, and the iconic man who made the phrase, I'll be back and get to the chopper. Have you guessed it? It's Austria. Thank you so much for joining me today, Romana. I find your life extraordinary. You come across as a courageous, open-minded person who's made a dream a reality. And maybe not everybody's dream, but you're definitely ticking the boxes for me. From being a professional skydiver, an astrological coach, a laughter yoga teacher, you also do online workshops. You're a, you're a journalist, a blogger. You're also writing your 10th novel. You do nonfiction as well as fiction. And with all of this that's happening, you are a traveler as well. And I'm not talking about getting on a plane and living it up in a hotel and sipping cocktails by the pool. You are living the van life. So you're living off grid for about three months, traveling to remote areas. You've done up your Volvo van and you you really are just living the dream of being self-employed doing what you love, making money from it, and just taking in the serenity of the world as, as you're, you're following your passion. So I'm so intrigued as to how you were able to accomplish a copious amount of things as well as just following your dream. So uh, are you able just to explain to us how you came to be where you are today? Thank you for having me on your show first. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And um, yeah, the decision, oh my God, that's um, that's a life story. And I try to put it in a nutshell like you just did. Um, it's, sorry, oh, I'm that's sorry. I forgot to introduce my other guest. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else wants to share their story. <laughs> so yeah, um, the thing was, um, I, I lived pretty ordinary life um uh, I mean many people thought that's not ordinary at all because I was a skydiver I loved it I wanted to get and uh, make a living out of skydiving but it turned out I'm really not talented enough so I, I have okay. to be honest about that <laughs> nevertheless I did uh, over 400 jumps and um I love that sports very very much and in these days I was um working for one of the biggest broadcasting companies in Austria. Um, I had studied uh, politics and journalism before, so I had pretty much of the life many people want, like you finish your studies, you get your dream job, uh, you are there, you earn enough money to like do something like skydiving. And that was it. I never thought a lot about 
could it be different? Uh, even though there was an urge inside myself, um, because I love traveling, I always thought that it's uh, not enough holidays we have, right? Right. <laughs> even though in Austria, we are in a very, very fine situation comparing to the US. So we have five weeks of paid holidays per year. I, I love motorcycling, for example. So we went on big trips, uh, a little group of, of motor, motor fans and Every time we, we had to go back and back to work, I thought, oh, gosh, why do I have to stop now? It's just getting cool <laughs> after five weeks. <laughs> yeah, so that that is um, that the travel spirit always was inside me. And then something really wonderful happened, even though at this moment I didn't think it uh, as wonderful. I got fired. After 17 years working for the same company, I got fired because I had um, yeah, problems with the new boss. And um, as I'm a person who always or most of the time says what she thinks, mm -hmm. I did so and he didn't really appreciate that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that was a real uh, weird situation, right? To, I, I, ca I came back from Greece. I've been a holiday at, at Greece and came back and in the post box there was it, this letter which says, um, we don't need you anymore. And at this time I was 44. So it's pretty hard to get um, uh, in the media industry to get a new job then. Because I know that all the students, fresh and young from the university, of course they want your job and they do it for half the money. So why should... Uh, a media company take another decision so yeah um, I've been struggling then uh, I couldn't find another job in that industry I didn't know what to do and after four months I was just done um, I, so I decided okay why don't I found my own company and get self-employed and try to yeah make my living this way so in these days I've been writing for um, for magazines and newspapers already as a freelancer, but of course you can't make a living of that, right? Writing one article per, yeah. per week. <laughs> and what I did a few years earlier was um, I did an academy for astrologers. I was very interested in astrology. And um, so I'm a certified astrologer now. That was a three years um, school. So I thought, okay, let's try it this way with writing and astrology. And um, as you can imagine, that didn't work out pretty well because you have no clients, nobody knows about you. And then um, I had that Volkswagen camper already. I all of a sudden realized, okay, I have no money. I really had big problems then. Um, and I have... Uh, no no clue what the future will bring but i have time i'm a time millionaire so why don't i get into my camper and just travel and that's what i did then and it was the best decision i could take um, because when I'm traveling, and I knew that from the years before, my mind opens. And I think it's the same for every person. The mind opens, you get relaxed or you're open for new ideas. And so the whole thing began to, to 
get to its best. And nowadays, I'm so happy I got fired. I'm, I, I'm telling everybody, <laughs> hey, you know, it's the year 10 now yeah. after this. Yeah. So I'm in the 10th year of my self-employment. And yeah, I started writing books because then I, I realized it's time now. I have enough time to write a book. And I started with non-fictional um, wrote uh, eight non-fictional books, uh, sorry, seven, uh, then the first novel, then the next uh, non-fictional book about astrology, and uh, working on my next novel now. So it's like their life, many, many people dream of, yeah. It's, it's such a big achievement. I think so many people would like to write their own story, but they just don't think they can do it, or... Yeah, I just think there's just so many creative people out there, but there just always seems to be something that blocks them from, from trying to achieve it. And so it is a really big accomplishment. You're definitely just living that dream. And with all of your novels as well, you're also doing an online workshop course as well for people to help them as well. So yeah. is this something new? Um, story is I am a teacher. So before I did my studies, I uh, did an academy in Austria. You do an academy to become a teacher for children. And that's what I did in my early, early life. <laughs> <laughs> but I found out that the school system doesn't fit uh, because I'm a very free spirit and you have to follow so many rules in the school system. I didn't want to do that. But um, the idea of um, teaching and the idea of giving people a chance they maybe haven't seen before, mm -hmm. this is still something I really, I love that. Yeah. So um, it, it happened the same way we are talking now. Um, somebody came up to me and said, hey, how, how did you do that? Right, you are self-employed. You sit there back in your office and you just write a book. Why don't you procrastinate? Why don't don't you just run away or do something else? <laughs> How do you do that? And I realized then that so many people struggle with getting started the first book. Mm -hmm. So many people would love to write. They they feel that they are a writer, an mm -hmm. author. But they are so scared to say this. I am a writer. They, they have that tiny voices in their heads, um, which tell them, yeah, I'm not good enough. I'm not, uh, I'm never going to make that. And what if nobody likes it? That's yeah. <laughs> all those things. So then I, I thought, okay, how did I do it? And I got invited to so many interviews just talking about how did you do it? I thought, hey, let's make a course. Um, I, so I came up the, to the idea with the writers' webinars I do now, mm -hmm. because um, why, why, why talking about it in an interview if I could directly teach it? And um, I found out that it's a kind of a seven steps program of how to get started, and this uh, starts with very simple things for example find out um, which time of the day you are your best mm -hmm. because when we are writing that's a very personal thing and we all know that we have hours of the day where, where we are really good we are brilliant in our mind we are concentrated we are active 
And so I, I motivate people to find out what is this day of this time of the day and then grab it, take an hour and do just writing. And you don't have to tell anybody, of course, that's not, that's not necessary because many people then say, yeah, and now I told my partner and he says, that's crap. You getting up at four o'clock in the morning, whatever. Nah, don't just do it for yourself, right? Until you feel comfortable. And so that's one of the steps I teach. And people love it. All around the world, yeah. people are going online and, and attending your workshops. Do you find it's particular countries? Uh, at the moment, it's Canada and the US and Europe because we can like um, find a time zone which fits for both. So at the moment, I'm doing it at um, in the afternoons at five, my time, which would be, um, hold on, that's 11 Eastern. Yeah. So that's manage manageable for like the, the East Coast. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I have uh, many people who are interested and are in Australia and I cannot put them together with the others because then that time zone thing doesn't work. <laughs> so I will do second one, which um, then gets the, the Australians in, in a good time zone and myself too, because here we have eight to 10 hours time difference and that's a bit tricky, but manageable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at the moment, it's it's Europe and um, Canada, US. Just going back on to your life journey, the path that you took to where you are today, have, have you found that it's just all kind of connected for you? So, for example, say astrology, you did mention that you couldn't really put that together with a book, but how do you use that oh. in, in your life? Because astrology is such a... a a broad thing I was just wondering if you've not really used it in your books in your writing how have you used it astrology like I do it I do individual astrology so I don't do uh, mundan astro astrology I, I don't know if this is the correct English word meaning that I, I think about uh, things that happen on earth I just do individual astrology and this means uh, for me, it's very interesting if people are open to it, they don't have to do it. But I have one-to-one -one students, writing students as well. So they, they um, took the web webinar and then asked for more support. And then when they tell me about their obstacles, the things they're struggling with, I take a look in the birth chart because normally you can see the big secret there why they are not able to just start mm -hmm. so that's uh, like it helps us it supports us to get quicker results on where are the problems with getting started or where are the problems with finishing i know many people who who have written three books they are back in their like office and they are not publishing so why <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's another thing right so we we have two different situations here and here astrology can help of course i know that uh yeah astrology is in is a a, a topic which is like for many people it's difficult because they just hear what what they write in the newspapers or so mm -hmm. stuff which go, doesn't go deep 
but that's yeah. not the astrology I do. So I really use it to support. And the other thing is that when I, for example, in my uh, novel, when I think of um, my hero, you know, in every novel you have a hero personality, then of course, even though I might not know how a man normally reacts because I'm not a man, <laughs> then I know these archetype uh, things from the astrological knowledge where I know, okay, this is archetypic, um, yeah, typical for a man, for example. So I can create figures with a bit deeper uh, foundation. But um, I think that's just one way to do, because uh, there are many, many, many authors out there who do brilliant work and don't know astrologers at all. That's just one way to go to it. Yeah. And um, I've written two astrological books up to now, uh, which are cookbooks. So I put together cooking, eating and astrology. And this was a lot of fun and people love it because it's more the the happy side of looking to it, not too serious, right? But what would an Aries person like for dinner or what would a Leo person like for dinner? How should you decorate when you have them as, as your guests? That's more like, um, yeah. <laughs> not too serious, but it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> With the astrology, is there a certain type of astrology that you you follow there's the vedic astrology so is that where your education or your knowledge is um the school i i i was at they were um for psychological astrology that's what you call that okay. and that was a direction that started in the 70s um the vedic astrology of course is much older mm -hmm. Um, that's very very old knowledge the knowledge itself doesn't differ but the way you use it of course so um, I think that um, for that what I do the psychological astrology where it's much about like talking it's much about sitting together and getting a connection and then let the client talk first of all um, because what's really sad um, nowadays, maybe that's been said for a long time, I don't know, but um, that people um, don't listen anymore. So I, I, I realized that when, you, when you're in, for example, you're meeting friends, right? You're sitting together. Of course, we have weird times now. Everybody's excited. We had two years of lockdowns and complete, uh, wow, <laughs> yeah. uh, changed world, right? Mm -hmm. So um, now we don't know what the winters bring in over here in Europe. We really don't know. And people um, are frustrated. They want to talk about it. So they talk, 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 but nobody listens anymore. And that's a real problem, um, which got much worse. And I'm, I, I don't want to damn that, but um, since we have those smartphones, right? Because the moment you say something, the other person says, ah, yeah, I've got pictures here. I've got a link here. I've got whatever. But just sit there and look at the other person and listen. 
this is a, a quality that people really miss. And so that's how my first meetings always start, that I let my clients talk and I listen. And I let them talk until they finished. And you won't believe it. Their clients come to me who talk 45 minutes and we have just one hour. You know the urge, right? Yeah. The urge of uh, telling. And then normally after 40 minutes, that's the first time I tell them, it's okay that you talk so much. It's absolutely okay. If you want to know something, now there is the point where I should talk. Is this okay for you? And if not, then let them talk the full hour. That's the thing. Yeah. Have you found also with COVID that there's and everything that's happened that there has been a change in people wanting to travel? Yeah. Um, that's that's so interesting because um, I myself stayed home the whole year of 2020, which was hard for me because before in, in 2019, I've been on the road just living in my van, which is a small old van <laughs> for, for over four months. And then I got back home. I got a new apartment because I didn't have an apartment uh, right then. I moved in. We had a party and then COVID came. And then that was 2020, right? So the next time I got on the road, that was in, in autumn 2021. And I met so many people on the road in September, October, which is normally not the traveling time in Europe, the main traveling time. But I had the feeling that people just really, they want to get out. They want to be somewhere else. Um, so, for example, Croatia, which is one of the most famous countries for summer holiday. Yeah. <laughs> it's Europe. one of my favorites. <laughs> um, yeah, it's lovely there. And they had a summer season. They said they can't believe it. That topped everything. So people were traveling there the whole summer. It was Everything was booked out. And even in October, when I got there, um, the campgrounds were full. I couldn't believe it. And I, I got that, yeah, people want to travel. They, and and the, the van life, that got more, right? Because then you don't have those hotel restrictions. You don't have to think about what do I need? Mm -hmm. So as you know, Europe is very tiny and all the countries are quite tiny over here. So, yeah, it doesn't take that long country, to get somewhere. <laughs> in every country, you had different restrictions. You, you could go crazy. So many people decided to buy a camper and um, and just be yeah free and mostly without restrictions. Yeah, I do feel like there's been this new wave that's just hit everybody where they want to live off grid and the van life, of course, and just seeing all these documentaries and TV series and YouTubes about people that are living off grid in tiny homes, building dugouts, or just even yeah just living the van life and with all of that lifestyle because I I have done a bit because it was pretty much I, tra I travel at least once a year I do a big travel somewhere and it's usually hiking I usually go to rural areas of a country and anyway so with COVID I was pretty much 
lockdown, especially here in Western Australia. So it was, it's been a good three years since I've been able to get out and do something. I did do a, a trip up to the Kimberleys throughout Western Australia, which was a couple of weeks. And so with that, I was living in my my vehicle, basically. <laughs> I mean, I had a swag. I didn't have a van, so I didn't have what some other campers would have. I didn't really seem to miss anything. It wasn't until I came to the end that I kind of thought to myself, oh, I can't wait to have a, a, a nice hot shower because I was always going to some river or down to the beach. Or <laughs> But during that time, it's surprising how much you actually enjoy that lifestyle of just winging it, find, going to the next camping ground or even just maybe camping illegally. And I suppose the only thing I really did miss at the end of it was a shower and a nice toilet. <laughs> so what, what's it? <laughs> like having to dig holes and all sorts of stuff. So <laughs> yeah, the, the, mis, the biggest misconception I think when people think of camp life is probably those types of things that we're so used to having now. Um, so what, what are some of the things that, are a misconception about living that life on the road and what are some of the things that you 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 truly appreciate about being out on the road so the, the good and bad yeah the good is um that's that's my personality that um whenever I start um when you start in Austria in Salzburg right you have to cross a mountain somewhere to get mm -hmm. out of here <laughs> <laughs> you do. So whenever I, <laughs> whenever surrounded I by those Alps. The first, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whenever I'm above the first mountain, it's like, wow. And it's not that I don't like Austria. No, 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 no. I, I love my country. But this feeling of, wow, I'm on the road again. And then my mind realizes after the first high mountain, wow, I'm on the road again. This is a feeling that no, nothing else can give that. Um, and then it starts. So this is one of the real great things and that I know people want to have this feeling of freedom, of just going, get, get in motion, get moving. Yeah. And I love that. And uh, since I... Uh, I, I really redid my whole camper inside it's all with wood and it smells lovely and <laughs> it's cozy and oh gosh that's what I really love I sleep much better in the car than I do back home I don't get that secret maybe because it's so cozy it's like a nest right yeah so, I can say that yeah for sure yeah, yeah that's that's one of the real good things um the other is of course um that sometimes when you, I mean, I choose the, the not high peak season to travel. I, I travel in May and June or September, October, November. But sometimes, nevertheless, it happens that you get somewhere and then the campground is very full or let's call it crowded. And then you, you don't get the spot you wanted to be at. And you have to talk about an hour that you need some shade because of the dog. I don't have a, an air con, so my dog needs a cool place to be at. 
So these are the things which are not so nice. Um, with um, yeah, camping illegal. In Europe, we have many regions where it's uh, it's allowed to camp outside campgrounds. So, for example, in Scotland, Norway, Sweden, um, and even in Austria, the situation is like it's not allowed to camp outside a campground. But as long as you just sleep in the car, nobody's gonna say something. So you don't put your equipment out and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, that. Um, so what I really love is doing stuff like that. But sometimes, of course, and this happens in every camp alive, you get into scary situations that can happen. Like you choose a parking uh, a spot where in the middle of the night weird people show up and you don't know what they sure. are doing out there so oh sure, I don't yeah. like that <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah. and yeah. the other thing that really is not not very nice but uh, not many people think about that if you're traveling alone with a dog mm -hmm. it's always the situation how do you go shopping if you don't have an aircon so you can't mm. leave the dog in the car it's too hot but you're not allowed to bring it inside most shops. And I mean, my dog is very tiny. I have a chihuahua yep. and you cannot let him outside the store, right? Yeah, People steal tiny dogs like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, that is one thing I really had, uh, had to work on to get cool enough to just take the dog in a, in a bag inside the stores and if they sending me away because that's not allowed then live with it right that was for me yeah. for example a real challenge but it turned out that most people because as I said most people don't listen and mm -hmm. many people don't even look at others yeah. so um nobody ever except one supermarket in Croatia <laughs> realized <laughs> that I had a dog with me and in that one supermarket in Croatia, okay, they said, I have to go. It's not allowed. I, I'm not allowed oh. to go shopping here. I said, okay, let's leave it like that. Um, mm -hmm. But um, that's the positive thing on people not looking that yeah. um, only kids do. So it's always a bit of a risk if you yeah. are waiting <laughs> to pay and there's a kid sure. behind you because they say, oh, Went mommy, look at that wonderful dog. <laughs> 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 I shut up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> so, so these are the things yeah but you are completely absolutely right the thing with the toilet is, <laughs> is <a topic> <laughs> I think that's in any country like it's so surprising how much you miss especially if you've done like a seven-day hike somewhere and you just go wow the facility the toilet is amazing and yeah, like I'm back at back at work and I just think I hate public toilets right now. But if I was out in the middle of nowhere, I would love one. It's just really random. <laughs> so <laughs> how how important, I suppose, is being a solo traveler? I I travel a lot on my own and obviously I'm not really like you in terms of being in a van, but flying into other countries and trying to get from A to B. A lot of people, when they know that I've, I'm going on my own, 
some people say things like, oh, you can't go on your own, you're female. My mom freaks out all the time. I can't actually tell my mom when I'm going away. I can tell my brother and I, I can give my, my brother will say things like, oh, just give us your itinerary and, you know, make sure you check in every now and then. But if I tell my mom I'm going somewhere or even my sisters, it's nonstop. Are you okay? It'll be one o'clock in the morning. And are you okay? Why are you going? <laughs> not anymore um, you woke me up (laughs) pretty much it can be quite annoying and I also feel as if it can affect that person as well because then it also sometimes makes me panic a little bit so my my question is is for a lot of solo females in specific what are some of the things that we we should be diligent about and I suppose what are some of the things that I don't know I I, personally because I've traveled at a young age for quite some time, I kind of feel as if I've never come across a situation of feeling in danger or that I shouldn't go somewhere. Obviously you you research a country and you know what their rules and regulations are and you always keep that in mind, but what's some advice for some people that just don't want to take that plunge of being a solo traveler? They want to be, but they just don't have the courage. Oh, first of all, I have to say it's the best thing you can do. It's really, it is a big life school to travel alone. Um, The most important thing for me is that if you're traveling alone, you really get this big lesson that you are accountable for what you do and what's happening. Um, There's nobody to blame, right? So that's what I watch very often. If I go somewhere on a campground, for example, and I watch people and most of them are traveling as a family or a couple. And, oh my God, they arrive, they start to arrange the camper and then the first fight is going on. And this is because both are tired. Of course they are, they've been traveling and they are not grown up enough to say, hey, we are just tired. That's got nothing to do with you and nothing to do with me. Let's just sit down and wait, take a rest. They don't do that. Right? They start fighting. Uh, once I even uh, watched a couple, oh my God, I started laughing so hard. They were like, yeah, they were bored because it's been raining for three days. So all of a sudden they were playing cards. She started yelling at him. You said it's going to be nice weather in October. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you stop stuff like that if you travel alone. Mm. Because who do you want to blame for the weather, for not a car that's not working? My car is very old. It turned, let me think, 37 this year. Wow, you looked after that. It's older than you are. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So, um, of course, this car once in a while has problems. It's like an old lady. So, um, whenever it does not work, there's no one to blame. I'm just, it's just me. Mm -hmm. I can try to fix it on my own. If that doesn't work, I look for um, like mechanic and do my best so this is the real big big lesson on traveling alone that you stop blaming other people for what's happening right now mm-hmm. and i love it i really love that and when it comes to that which situations should you avoid yeah 
good tip is don't you ever go to a like camp or festival and sleep with open doors (laughs) (laughs) i did that (laughs) and that was the only scary situation i ever had in, in terms of really scary because normally i um yeah I'm a very controlled person. So whenever I'm like, oh, this is scary, I get myself together and say, what is really scary? What can you do about it? But in this situation, it was like, um, it was very hot summer. I I left the doors open Mm -hmm. and that was on a campground with about 400 Volkswagen vans. So not a lonely place. And in the middle of the night, oh my God, I woke up and like, you, you know, you move a bit and my hand, touched another hand the <gasps> cold hand <laughs> <laughs> I started screaming so some drunk guy obviously couldn't find his car anymore <sighs> and he he saw a camper with open doors and just got inside and fell asleep oh no oh my god <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of in a way it's a very lucky story but it's also just the whole the whole thing is very yeah you're lucky that it was just a drunken guy <laughs> didn't do anything more right sorry I should let you finish no, the story no he <laughs> and he was I mean I, sc- I started screaming yelling at him and he was like uh I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry he was really uh, devastated about my reaction yeah. <laughs> but um yeah this was the time when I really started to think, would it be wise, for example, to take a dog? Because that dog would have said something mm. before. Okay. Yeah. And sure. yeah, that was when when I, I came up with the decision then to like look out for an, a dog that fits to that size of camper. So many people who know me, they, they thought that when you said you, you got a dog, I thought that must be a husky or a, a German shepherd because that would fit. I said, yeah. no, it's a chihuahua. My car is small. <laughs> <laughs> but they have an amazing bark, right? They have oh their my alert God. system. <laughs> <laughs> That's an alarm system bark. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have quite a, a, a big dog. He's a Arab Mastiff and I take him with me when I'm in Australia Western Australia and I I have a swag so do you know what a swag do you have swags in Austria do you call them swags basically it's this large sleeping bag with a mattress inside and there's a canvas over the top of you that protects you from wind rain mosquitoes bugs snakes and uh, I have my dog with me Austin and he's about a 42 actually he's about a 45 kilo dog now and I would <laughs> sleep with him inside my swag because it fits at least two people in them they're they're pretty big and I had zipped it all up and anyway it was late at night there must have been a nocturnal animal near us if it wasn't then it was something else pretty creepy and I just remember waking up to being dragged along the ground and it felt as if somebody was attacking the tent. I really did not know which way was up. And eventually my dog gets out. So these swags are really sturdy. So the fact that he got through it is impressive. That's how strong this dog is. And so I finally get out 
I'm all bruised. I'm feeling bruised at this point. And I get out and he's just staring into the darkness, just growling. So I don't, don't know what the hell it was. But just having a dog with you, no, no matter what the size, I think personally, it just gives you that sense of security. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, sometimes the smaller dogs are a better oh alert system <laughs> than the big ones. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you can take your dog with you for, for certain, you know, with everything in traveling, you know, I, I do find that it does give you a sense of reliance you really start to appreciate and you're really grateful for the little things you become down to earth once you've been thrown into an environment where you don't have the luxuries of a phone or the tv or a vehicle to get you from a to b it really makes you realize what you can achieve as a human being without those things as well as the the challenge of being able to self-sufficiently survive without the things that we are told today that we need to live a comfortable life. Do you think there's any negativity to being a solo traveler? What I realize, and um, I've been talking a lot about that with my best friend. He's like, a, I always say he's my wise carpenter. He's a carpenter and he's, he's very wise. Just like Jesus Christ? <laughs> <laughs> The wisdom <laughs> carpenter. <laughs> so what happens with me, and I think that's an individual individual process, is not sadness, but after six weeks, eight weeks on the road, I get more and more enclosed in my world, mm. right? In my writing world, and I do my stuff, my daily stuff, of course. I get up, I walk the dog, if we park along the seaside lovely beach so I always try to to be of course in a wonderful surrounding and then so after eight weeks I stop talking to other people it gets more and more uh, not lonely I won't call it lonely because I feel quite comfortable with it but I realized that I'm losing some social skills that's it social skills yeah so um this wisdom carpenter of mine he always gives me for every big uh, trip, he gives me some exercises to do. And the last time we talked about that enclosure and this, yeah, social social thing. And he said, okay, from now on, on every trip you go, you have to promise me to get to a hotel once a month. Once a month, you take a hotel room you do that hot shower yeah. about. <laughs> you dress yourself up you go for a nice dinner and you have to send mm-hmm. me pictures and I realized this makes a big big yeah. difference it is a difference if you're doing yeah. that absolutely I, I feel the same as well yeah. because you can become so especially if you enjoy your own company that solitude you can really become fixed on it and sometimes I think to myself am I not being social enough I need to go out and do something I need to kind of fit in with society (laughs) to be just to be normal but then I mean obviously that's not the right word normal because none of us are normal but yeah feeling um, connected to other people I could probably live out in the middle of nowhere for a very long time and be 
quite sufficient, I think. I think a lot of people could be mm-hmm. if they really put their mind to it. Um, but I, I did want to ask as well about your laughing yoga because I think <laughs> you have a great smile, by the way, and you can tell that you really mean <laughs> you really are happy. You know, sometimes people can, I mean, even thinking laughter yoga it's a fake, you're falsing, you're, you're making your body laugh. So it's, it can't tell the difference between you having a fake laugh. How did you find laughing yoga and how does, how's it worked for you? Why is it so important for us to, to laugh? Yeah, that's not a very old thing. Mm -hmm. And it's um, some, some doctor, an Indian doctor uh, came up with that idea. Um, because he realized um, that when he goes to the park and just starts laughing, some people laugh with him. And after that laughing process, we all feel better. That's for sure. So he did some research on that. And um, I mean, that's not new that our brain is not able to uh, to see the difference between are, are we really happy or are we just pretending? So. It even helps if you like put a smiley on your mirror and you go there in the morning and you see that smiley and you, you go like that, like smi- a broad smile. Even that helps um, to get happier because our brain then thinks, <laughs> oh, this person is very happy. I, I give some hormones that you know you always get, you receive them. They <laughs> are, right? <laughs> And um, so that is the principle of, of it. And uh, the thing was when when we went, um, I don't know the which lockdown in Australia was. We had so many, I can't remember. Um, but I realized that so many people around me get sad. They get scared. First of all, they get angry because they're not allowed to go out. They are scared of getting COVID. Nobody knew what's happening then. In the meantime, I've had it. Oh, I'm still here. Yeah. So <laughs> um, uh, they, they. Congratulations, they, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look fine um, <laughs> and happy <laughs> and healthy. <laughs> So um, there were so many things that scared people, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I did when I was much younger and within the last years again, I did some clown training. So I'm a clown what? and I'm, <laughs> I love being a clown, um, but I never, I never did it for other people. I just do it for myself, right? Put in your red nose and do some stuff. And so what I started then was a, a circus show and I zoomed it online and had like viewers from Sydney to London. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it made some complete nonsense there just to pe- to make people laugh. Yeah, right. And, and they really liked it. So when I got an invitation then between Lockdown X and Lockdown Epsilon uh, for a laughter yoga training, I thought, hey, that's a great, that's a great thing. I, I, I will do that. So I had just one session before, which was years ago, per random, I got into a laughter yoga session. And then I did the training. So I'm a, a certified laughter yoga trainer now and got all that knowledge about it. And I think it's great, especially what, what I really love is 
doing it with older people. So um, people, for example, in, in, in retirement homes, is that the right term? Retirement homes? Yeah, yeah. we have that. Um, because, okay, they have their programs there. Yeah, and they get once in a while get visited from relatives. But these are situations which don't make you very happy. So if you go there and offer uh, the laughter yoga training, of course, you have to do it a bit slower and shorter. Otherwise, because laughing is very, um, that takes your body to a limit, right? So you have to be careful that they breathe enough, and, but they like it. And they like the circus shows as well. So um, when my grandma was still alive, I, I took my dog to the retirement home and did some circus tricks with her and the old people love it. So uh, this is, I, I think it's important for everybody, but especially for the elder ones, um, it's such a wonderful thing to stay fit. It's like training, laughing, hard laughing is real, like workout workout yeah yeah and I, I suppose another thing with everything that happened with COVID is the mask over the face yeah and it really stopped people from smiling or you know even just seeing someone else smile I think it it has that kind of um it's kind of contagious in a way a little bit like a yawn <laughs> people see someone smile the, the chances are 99% of the time they're going to smile back at you and I feel like that really took a lot away from people being happy as well but with the elderly they've just been through so much and especially just being trapped in in their retirement homes and people not being able to visit because that was restricted as well I don't know yeah. what it was like in Austria but you had to prove you had your vaccine to see to even go to attend um and that was that was pretty much one of the first rules and restrictions that they had here in in western australia well all of australia was that you couldn't go to a retirement village mm -hmm. so that hit everybody pretty hard i think here and um i think a lot of elderly people as well they just the whole situation obviously so yeah it's amazing that you you do that that type of therapy for <laughs> and even just being a clown that's just amazing I didn't know about the clown thing I think I did see that on your profile but I thought that was more of a a larrikin thing that you are a clown <laughs> at heart <laughs> so that's that's really impressive with laughter yoga what what are some of the the benefits of it like I know you had mentioned that it makes us feel good but in terms of physically and and doing certain postures and moves how what kind of connection or what kind of benefit does laughing as well as doing a pose have on on the body the first thing is that you breathe better because this is um yeah that's the thing that many young people have because they are doing so much screen work right you sit here you've got your arm here with the mouth most of them then they get like this yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like that <laughs> so to straighten yourself up right that's um one thing uh, mm -hmm. but uh if you watch people working in front of the screen they try to breathe very not try they tend to breathe very flat so 
when laughing, you have to breathe like that, right? You have to get air again. The whole breathing system is, is in, in movement then. And uh, this is the best you can do on a daily basis. So if you do not do laughter yoga training, then it would be very wise to get up from the screen once an hour and just stretch and breathe deep down to your belly, right? Where most people don't breathe anymore. Singers do that, they have to. Otherwise it's, yeah, it would be very flat, but we don't do that. And uh, laughter yoga, then next to this uh, gets your whole muscles in movement because normally depending on how old the people are who are joining right with very old people you make them sit down but normally you walk around the room and then you give smiles to the others and then you start laughing and the trainer's telling you a story what to do next and in between you have to do the breathing it's like breath work in a way so normally you tell them, yeah, and now you, you walk across the field and you pick a flower and say, mmm, that smells nice like this, right? So then you get the deep breathing. And of course, your body, you feel it again. It's um, another part of that awareness I, I talked about, right? That listening, that looking, being aware of your body. I, when you, you say you, you're hiking a lot in the wilderness, then you are aware of your body, of course. Otherwise, you would stumble and fall and run over by your big dog or something. Yeah. But how many people are not aware of, uh, of their body anymore? Mm -hmm. um, there are, I think there are so roughly two kinds of people, right? The ones who go to the fitness studio and outdoors and everything, and the others who like lose it with getting older as well then because things start to hurt you try yeah my knee yeah. hurts now I, I don't walk anymore then it doesn't hurt anymore stuff like that so yeah. in laughter yoga you you are on a very with a very not too hard way a soft way you get your body into movement again and just walking around the room and doing breath work can imagine after all of that laughing how all of those endorphins you just feel so lightheaded but in a good way mm -hmm. I presume, I've never done a laughter yoga class I've just heard about them and um, obviously watched a little bit about it yeah it's sort of like you're releasing dopamine like a, a drug within your own body too yeah, <laughs> which would just make you feel really good how important is it for us to laugh at ourselves laughing is is I think one of the most important things because it releases so much um there's one saying and i don't know where i have it from um laugh when it's not enough to cry so even when you're sad and you or you you are um under pressure yeah, laughing helps so much for example, if we just take the facts, children uh, normally laugh up to 400 times a day because they laugh about everything, right? Something new and they are ah, small children do that and they laugh because they want to have a response. So they laugh to everybody. 
uh, or because something's funny. If you watch like those five, six year olds, oh God, they've got a crazy humor. You can't get it, but they laugh about <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, if we compare that to a grown-up person, grown-ups laugh about 15 times a day. That's ah, so little. It's so mm-hmm. little. And it's um, sometimes I, I am a very happy person, I have to admit. So I, I've been like that before all my trainings. But sometimes I am in situations which are so funny and I don't keep myself back. I start laughing out loud. And then you realize how good this is for the other people because then they mm-hmm. can laugh as well. Yeah. So uh, example, I had that and I, I did that in the own podcast because I, I thought that was so funny. I've, I've been shopping a few weeks ago and before me when paying, right, there, there was a an, an, uh, guy my age, I think. And he was like, yeah, putting all his stuff in his bag and taking ages. And the, the cashier lady, she said, uh, now she didn't say anything. He started with, oh, I'm quite slow, am I? And she said, yes, you are. And he, was, he looked at her and said, I didn't expect you saying this. <laughs> and he was so yeah. friendly. He was smiling, right? I burst out into laughing. So the lady looked at me and then she started too. And the guy behind me as well. And so all started laughing because that was funny. And it, that's just a releasing wonderful situation and we should do that more often we should and I think also sharing your embarrassing moments because I feel as if that lift that just when I've experienced and I've experienced a lot of embarrassing things to the point where people can't believe some of the situations but if I don't share those things with people I it, it just stews in my mind so I have to say it. I have to share it. Otherwise, it just, yeah, my, I don't like the feeling of, it's like keeping a big secret that if I don't share it, then I'm just going to explode. So um, I, I think that helps as well. And being able to laugh at that can really just make life so much easier for when a situation you come up against that is going to be embarrassing or maybe, you know, you get into that argument, you can look back and laugh at it and go, that was actually quite funny that that happened rather than go, that was such a bad experience. You want to be able to kind of laugh at yourself. I, I guess that's one secret of being a human being that in sharing stuff, it's getting better. Um, and that's another tiny thing that many people lost during those lockdowns this sharing on a daily basis for example I mean I I've been working back home in my home office since um for 10 years now okay that's a different situation but normally people go somewhere to work right they are in an office or a shop or whatever and if something happens to them they can within a moment share it say oh my god you know what just happened that client over there oh my god that was embarrassing however or funny also but during the lockdown that got lost completely everyone was back in this in his or her home office um the shops were closed right only people selling food they had that same situation and they were overwhelmed in these days so it 
that changed and this this talking about stuff um which for example or experiences nobody else has us talking about toilet situations when camping <laughs> right you cannot talk about that with a person who never did camping but you find other campers and talk about that and this is really refreshing and uh it's helping to what you said see the situation under a different light so um i i, I for example for my camper there is no space to put in a, a, a toilet right it's a small camper but i have one of those um like uh, emergency loose which is just oh, a little okay, chair, yeah. Yeah. Little <laughs> yeah. chair you can use on a daily basis a normal yeah. chair but you can like uh, open it and then there's just a bag to hang inside oh, i say yeah i know the one never wanted to do that and i thought i i'm a bit crazy because i bought it but i do not want to use it and then i started talking to another camper and he said I've got one of those toilets, but I don't want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we came up with that challenge, right? We connected on WhatsApp and once in a week, we wrote each other a message. You've done it already? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then the oh, situation no. wasn't weird anymore, right? That's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> we has so, uh, when I've gone with friends, it's um we always like before we go to bed, oh, we've got to dig our holes or <laughs> we, we, <laughs> when the when the sun goes down and the fire is going, it's like, oh no, how are we gonna find our holes? And you know, it's just kind of funny where you just make fun of it. But anyway, um we could keep talking more and more about this, but there's just obviously you can't keep talking all day. Sorry, there's a siren going. Um, but I suppose like one of the 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 quotes that I really like about you that you've said is you've said, write the story of your life. Someone out there is waiting for your story. And so that I think really resonates with me. That's definitely an inspirational quote for everybody out there and just in a in a general type way what's some universal advice for for people out there what's the the one thing that you would give to, to say to people to do for them to to just you know be a better person or to achieve what they want in life i'd love to say something that i i wanted to tell my 20 year old self right i got once asked what would you like to tell your 20 year old self and i would say don't be scared everything will be all right don't be scared just go for your way and that's what i want to tell people out there especially those who really want to write don't be scared do it um of course it's normal to be scared of something new or life changes and sometimes life changes are so hard to take but if you have that sentence, don't be scared. Some Somewhere out there, let's call it the universe or your inner self or whatever, knows exactly what's good and right for you. Mm -hmm. Get in that trust. Yeah, absolutely. And I, don't, I think if everybody was scared all the time, we'd all be in our homes forever not doing anything, not traveling, not experiencing life. Because I started traveling when I was really young. 
it just always made me feel as if, well, what am I meant to do if I can't explore and get out there? And, you know, do I always have to be with my guy friends Mm -hmm. or my, you know, my boyfriend to travel? I want to be able to do stuff on my own. And it's just a matter of just taking that plunge, I think. Yeah. So, yes, I definitely connect with what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much, Romana, for for connecting with me today I really do appreciate it and I just loved our conversation as I said we could probably keep talking but how else can people find you how can they connect with you if they want to reach out Hmm. Um, I have a Facebook group again a a child of the lockdown (laughs) which is called (laughs) happiness reloaded and um, in this group um, people come together who want to stay in a good mood uh, of a good mind and um, whoever wants to contact me of course can contact me directly via the Facebook group or um, otherwise just join one of the writers webinar if the if the time suits of course (laughs) with all the time differences we have and uh, it's it's um, absolutely okay to contact me um, personally on Facebook as well Um, my name Romana Hasnell, but maybe maybe we can yeah. <laughs> put the link in there. <laughs> yes, of course we will. We'll put the link. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Oops, sorry, I just lost a bit of connection there. No, definitely, I will put the links of how people can reach out to you in the podcast description, so they can just click on the link. And just for those that might be interested in some of your books, what were the names of some of your books, if you wanted to? to share them ah so most of them are in german only so the first one was the the garden in the tasche the garden in a pocket or the garden in a bag Um, but uh, one of my books got translated um, into english and that is a book about um, natural colors on on clothing and and textile things so putting colors uh, with um, flowers and leaves, like eco-printing, for example, is one technique in that book. And I wrote that with an artist. So she does uh, that coloring with the plants for over 30 years and got wonderful results. And uh, we had a wonderful publisher together then, and he sold the license. And so it got published in Great Britain in English language. Wow. Yeah, wow. Amazing. <laughs> you you really are living the dream, being self-employed, just being independent, traveling, yoga, laughing, being happy. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Romana. It's a it's a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the 963 Universal Frequency. And if you're interested on being a guest on the show, please reach out. My email is the 963universalfrequency at hotmail.com. If you have any questions or maybe you would like me to talk about a particular topic, please just send me an email and we'll take it from there. And remember, people, have an open heart, have an open mind, live your life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.